All right, welcome back to the ENC Leadership Podcast. And we want to apologize for the uh, short uh, break we took. Things have been really busy with us, in, in, with me personally, and with our ministry, with all of the uh, relief efforts for uh, Rolly and Ulysses, and also as we prepare for um, you know, the Christmas season and the end of the year. But we are continuing with our series about talking about tensions in leadership. And I've really enjoyed the feedback and the conversations we've had with a number of you. A number of people have messaged me. And that's the right response to, the, to these tensions. It's not, oh, I know what the right way to do is every single time. No, I want to talk with my team. I want to talk with my mentors or friends about this to figure out how I can apply this as well. I hope also that you've seen, and a number of people have, we've come to this realization in our chats, that we are in the best place to face the tensions in leadership when we are um, secure before God, when we are in a non-anxious place, when we're not driven by proving ourselves or, or getting mad at other people. See, that is really what makes it difficult for us to maintain tension. When we're not in a healthy space, when we're mad at other people, when we are not at peace with God, then it becomes very difficult to, to do the right thing. On the other hand, when we are in that space, when we know that we're secure, that God has us, then we can face the tensions we see without a rush to, to solve that tension right away, to relieve that tension right away. Today's tension is one that can honestly be very anxiety-inducing. Uh, but before we get to it, I want to call up again and welcome uh, the the two people who helped me uh, unpack these topics, Chriselle Wee and Jello de los Reyes. Chriselle, how are you doing? Doing fine, Pastor Joe. Yes, you're right. There's a lot of things happening in the ministry, especially now that we're starting limited mass gatherings. Yeah, but it's yeah. really exciting to see a sense of uh, quote-unquote normalcy. Yeah. And at least seeing people come together at least before the year ends. But it's, yeah. it's been busy, but it's been really exciting at the same time. You're right. And uh, I just went to my first live church service last Sunday. I was invited to preach in Santa Rosa. And I personally felt like, gosh, I didn't realize how much presence is a gift. You know, that I'm, I don't blame the people who want to stay home. They've got their reasons. And, you know, you can't accommodate everyone. But just seeing those people there and thinking, Gosh, you being here enhances this worship experience for me. Uh, so, yeah, their presence is a gift. Talaga. Jello, how are you doing? Hello, Pastor Joe. Hello, Chriselle. Uh, okay naman dito sa Cavite. Uh, isa lang sa mga na-realize ko is November na. And by the time that this podcast would air, uh, we're on the last week na ng November. Yeah. Tama ba? And, well, it's gonna air this week. We'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, patapos na naman yung isang taon and how time just flew fast ng ganun yeah, na lang. Super. Akala ko, pagka binalikan natin yung quarantine, isang block lang siya na uh, ito, naka-quarantine. Pero within those span, within that within that span of time inside or within quarantine, ang dami nang nangyari, ang dami nagbago, ang dami. Ah. So, yeah. Yes. Wow. Super. And, uh, it's all, I, I love that we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but at the same time, we know that uh, it could take a while. <laughs> it's not like you'll be there at the end. Lord, we pray it will go away right away. Anyway, our attention for today is a classic leadership tension, and that's do I decide on things on my own quickly? Is this my decision? Or do I need to get the consensus of my team? Should I go around and get other people's thoughts on it as well and uh you know with the two of you uh from from your experience a new natural tendency you which of these two extremes do you find that you would lean more towards are you someone who likes to just decide on your own or are you someone that it comes naturally to you to get the consensus of your team um, yeah based in i think some of previous conversations uh i tend to decide on my own okay Especially, pero hindi naman lagi. I mean, think, especially sa mga things na feeling ko, okay naman na ako na lang yung mag-decide on this. But that's my my tendency. I lean towards more of deciding on my own. Ako naman, uh, I think pareho eh. Yung, pero yung, that's not always for good reason. Sometimes, di ba, when I defer to my team, that's because of my own uncertainty or hindi ko rin alam. <laughs> uh, hindi rin ako makapag-decide. 
for many different reasons like uh, baka yan baka mali ako or ganun sometimes a leader just needs to be decisive diba pero minsan naman i i decide na because i want to do things fast para wala nang masyadong discussion so yeah, yeah nandoon naman ako sa sa gitna pero not always for good reason i think pero siyempre, ano naman, over the years, I've learned to to somehow learn yung wisdom between deferring and leading when it's necessary. Yeah. Well, uh, personally, I, I tend to, if there's any tendency I have here, it's really deciding on my own. And that's about literally everything. Like sometimes I'll decide in the middle of a meeting to just stop going to that meeting and I'll leave. <laughs> Which is like not exactly the most polite thing to do. Um, some of the people that I've worked with sa, sa ENC office in BGC have even made a, a verb out of it. And this is a very rude thing to do. No? But they've called it uh, na ba? Yung tawag nila doon. And that's what happens when, when I walk out of a meeting and not come back. You know? And sometimes because uh, sometimes, few times, not the most of them, but a few times it's been not my fault. You know, someone else would pull me into another thing, like a superior, like Pastor Steve or Pastor Gilbert would pull me into another thing. But sometimes it's just me deciding that, oh, kain yun uh, na I'll, I'll find something more, more essential for me to do right now. And, yeah. For me, kasi Pastor sometimes it's natural for me to make decisions dahil nga sa strategic strength ko. So, for example, when a problem or a situation arises, uh, yung mind ko, automatic, nagko-connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's easy for me to make a decision right there and then. Yeah. But sometimes, I would rather let the team speak first, their mind. Yeah. So, I'll open the situation to them and I'll ask them, what do you think? Meron akong decision, but I want them to come up with the decision then by discussing so that they could also weigh in. Okay. But sometimes it gets, uh, parang the conversation gets too long. Na, oh, <laughs> ang gulo na. Ayoko na masyadong maraming usapan. We need to decide. And yun, doon naman na, doon ako minsan na, 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 uh, ano, na impatient. Yeah. Uh, I think we're similar in that, Jello. And when a decision needs to be made, I feel, whether I'm right or not, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, I feel like the answers are obvious, the options are obvious, and uh, it's like, well, it's either A or B, and A is, you know, a terrible decision, so it must only be B. And I, I need to admit that, one, maybe what I think are obvious options are not obvious to everybody else, or two, I could be wrong, you know? <laughs> I think there are obvious options, and it's much more than that. As, you know, as we've said in this ser- series about tension so far, is that the right answer will depend on the situation you're in. This isn't either one or the other. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but as we were doing this tension series, I started catching myself and in conversations with other people that very often when people are anxious, that's when they start to think, na, so ano na lang, ano na lang, uh, sila na lang lagi mag-decide, di na ako pwede mag-decide. Parang ganon. Or they'll say the opposite. Oh, so ano na lang, ako na lang dapat lagi. And I realized that that extreme thinking is itself a manifestation of anxiety. Na whether you're, you know, work or rest, team or self, you know, all, all of the tensions we've discussed so far, uh, very often when someone's anxious, they think, they only see like binary options. That it's only this or this. And so both are bad. So now I'm, I'm justified in being angry. And leaders need to be like, no, it's not that. I remember talking to a young leader recently about this. So he was like, so ano na lang, di ba? Never na ako magpapahinga. Lahat na lang ng hiningi ng ministry, bibigay ko. Sabi ko. Or, or ano, di na ako magpapahinga. Uh, na lang ako. Bahala na. Kung, if, you know, if I drop dead or something. And I said, can we, can I help you here? Extreme work and extreme never work. Both of these are off the table. So we're not talking about any of those options you just said. So we're, we're really somewhere in the middle here where there's going to be a bit of both and we're just talking about the levels of both, right? And, oh yeah, you're right. So and then we were able to find the right, uh, you know, placing for him. So same thing with this. Let me talk a bit about pros and cons. When you talk about getting consensus, 
that's getting the agreement, getting the wisdom, di ba? Hiningi mo yung, yung opinion ng buong team mo na parang ano bang gusto nating lahat dito. Benefits of this include wisdom. You'll see perspectives that you didn't see before. The other benefit of this is agreement. Though not always, ah. Sometimes kasi you'll get consensus and one person's wisdom will contradict another's and now you have more disagreement than ever. <laughs> and with agreement comes the benefit of buy-in. Now hopefully, hopefully, when the decision is arrived at as a team, that uh, they have buy-in together and they're all happy with the decision. The benefit naman of deciding on your own, of making the call on your own, is speed. That's got to be the number one benefit of this thing. That you don't waste time uh, going around the bush and uh, being able, you're also able to make the right decision even if it's unpopular. The hard part about consensus is it can give you a uninspired middle or average of the answers. Have you noticed that? Now when people are, have different opinions, then you kind of want to, okay, let's please everybody and really please nobody. And then the leader becomes decisive. Um, for you guys, what are some? Do you, are there other benefits that you see or that you can relate to from these ones that we're talking about here? From either getting consensus or uh, deciding on your own. Um, so, first of getting consensus, particularly when you know you work with volunteers or students, um, and you get their opinion, their buy-in, you find that they're more excited yeah. to do whatever you've talked about because it yeah. came. So, but I think um, over the years is what I've learned. That's why I try to really get people's opinion or what they think they should do. Because like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. It's easier to delegate tasks. Because we, we agreed with this, we came with this together. So I think that's one benefit of getting consensus. Um, so deciding on your own. Siguro yun, may times nga din ako na when, when there's a gridlock. Yeah. Um, Parang wala na, you can't, ano, and you don't want to waste time by flashing. Sige, pag-usapan pa na, you know naman na hindi na darating sa point na may magigive in. Sometimes, you have to make the hard choice as a leader. <laughs> Say, okay, okay, this is how I see it. And um, tama, Pastor Joe, you, you sometimes you try to have the middle ground na parang some, somehow you think it will work for everyone. Pero minsan hindi rin eh. But I think those are the times that I think you have to decide when um, it will take too much, much longer time to decide and it will yep. waste of time and energy pag trinay pa natin. So, yun yung, for me, mga pros and cons. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's worth it, eh, naman, di ba? Doon sa yeah. balance. And sometimes it's worth it eh, to take so much time discussing about something even if the answer is already obvious. <laughs> I mean, for all it's worth, first, ano siya eh, it can empower the team eh. Yeah. To, to make decisions na yep, yep. sometimes diba, the answer is readily available to the leader but it's it takes uh, trust then and patience to empower the team to lead them towards that same direction. Yeah. Na sila mismo yung nakaisip na hindi lang spoon feed sa kanila. But of course, there are times when the leader has to do that for the sake of time or for the sake of accomplishing more. Uh, yun. I, I, see, I see that advantage yung buy-in eh, uh, doon sa consensus, Pastor Joe. Because diba, one of the foundations of a team is yung that, yung commitment. Yeah. One of the dysfunctions of a team naman is yung lack of commitment and accountability. And that can actually be traced when a particular member or when the members of a team were not able to weigh in or yeah. to contribute to the discussion. So there's definitely a place for discussions, but kailangan nga ng, ano, ng discernment when to facilitate conflict and discussions for the sake of commitment and accountability and when to step, uh, when, when to put your feet on the ground and decide na as a leader. Yeah. I've got examples for both that I can remember in my leadership and both came rather early in my time as director of ENC Philippines. The first one, and you might have heard this story before, was the first staff summit we were ever tasked to plan, 2009. And for those who aren't in vocational campus ministry, um, we usually, we just didn't have one this year because of the Ta'al volcano eruption, but we usually have a campus staff summit where the campus missionaries from all over the Philippines and often we're joined by people from other parts of the world will come together for uh, encouraging each other, praying together, relating, and getting God's direction for the year. 
In the 2009 staff summit, this is the first one ever that I'm tasked to lead. And oh my gosh, uh, that's the level of insecurity I had to be like, you know, very Rehoboam. Nah, you know, before you guys had it, you were so soft. You and your praying, praying, worshiping. You should be doing that in your personal time. We're going to work, you know. So that was, my, <laughs> that was my mindset. And so I had a team. I had some really amazing people in my team. I had Pastor CJ Nunag from UBelt, um, Christo Fajardo, who's now in Metro East. Uh, Ria Lianto, who's now one of our campus missionaries in Seattle, Washington. So just really amazing people. And they were trying. I, and I can remember now, they were trying to be like, uh, Joe, it might be good if we you know, don't beat up the campus missionaries too much. And I'm like, no, they're too soft. You know, they need to know how, what it is to really work hard if they're really committed on this. And so I said, this entire staff summit will be about work and nothing else. Not your walk with God, not your family, not your rest, not your well-being. You should have taken care of that before you showed up at the office. Like that was my mindset. Can you imagine what a horrible boss? And uh, so, yeah, it, that was the tone from beginning to end. Um, one of the things I did, uh, just, just to point out how much of a jerk I was being, was when people would come in late and I had the mic and I would see people trickle in from the back. I would call them out to their embarrassment in front of the whole group. Late ka, Chrisel, parang, oh, Chrisel, butin bumangon ka rin naman, di ba? Kanina pa kami, pero okay lang. Siguro pagod ka lang. Like, I would do that in the middle of the staff summit. Terrible, terrible, terrible event. And, and just afterwards, just the feedback of the staff was, uh, was really, what really made it hurtful wasn't that they were mad at me or spiteful. They were more like, Sana next time my alam mo yon <laughs> sana next time makapahinga kami sana next time ini encourage kami yung mga ganun, but very politely and kindly stated so yeah and i just remember the first meeting evaluating that event with uh, you know my team just they were so kind they were just like you know they, they were trying to find the gentlest way to say i told you so you know and I look back on that decision now as one that I just railroaded for the three, four months we had to plan the event. Every single time something came up, I just went, you know, like, like entirely by my force of will, by my, you know, you know no, this is where we're going to go. I'm not listening to any of you. And, uh, you know, to the disaster of, of, of the, I don't know. The next, I think it was only a, the year after when we had our 2010 staff summit that, uh, I realized that some of our, many of our leaders were very concerned about my leadership. And it wasn't until the 2010 one that we that really because I didn't just listen to myself, but I just talked to a bunch of people. Na yung report ni Bishop Manny was, okay naman pala si Joe, my future, kaya naman yata. Parang I guess the, from the disaster of 2009 to the redemption in 2010, parang it's like, Okay, good. We'll give him another chance. So that's one. That's the disastrous me making a decision, decision on my own. On the other hand, I, I also have a number of getting consensus na bad decisions. Um, the one I can really remember was the change of name. In 2009, also, we were tasked to change our name of our campus ministry. Everybody who was on staff at that time just knew we hated our current name and we wanted a new one. And it took us a year to change our name. There were multiple meetings, multiple brainstormings, multiple surveys. And finally, after all of that, Pastor Steve sat me down and said, where are you? It's been 10 months since you told me you're going to change your name. Everyone's waiting. And I said, no, because there's no unanimous. He said, there will never be a unanimous decision. You have to put your foot down. Which one do you like? He said, you've talked about this for 10 months already. For sure, by now, there's one that you like. And I realized that there was one I liked. I just didn't want to be the one responsible for pulling the trigger. Because if it blew up, I didn't want people to say, a decision But that's what the price of leadership is. That you have to be the one to pull the trigger, whether it's your idea or not. And so that's how we got Lifebox. He said, which of these do you like? And I said, I like Lifebox. Do it. I don't know what that means. I don't get it, but do it. <laughs> that's what he said to me. And uh, yeah, and that's what we did. So, kayo, meron ba kayong mga 
stories to share, good or, or, or not so good. <laughs> of times you've railroaded the decision and decided on your own or you've dilly-dallied too much and, and gotten consensus at a bad way na, in a bad way na. I can think of a specific, pero before I share Pastor Joe, na, natatawa lang ako kasi sa three previous episodes, including this one na, na fourth, listening to your stories, parang yung story art mo ay Michael Scott story. I know. <laughs> listening to all the bloopers, parang it's like the office. I have too many of those. I have so many of those. Maybe that's why I, I can relate to the office. For those of you who are, well, you're listening to this on audio, but we are on Zoom now and Jello has a custom background of Michael Scott's office from the office. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a lot of those. Yon. And ako naman, sabing, well, I can't think of specific instances, but I know my own tendency when it comes to this, ten- this tension. Like, sometimes I'd rather defer to the team. Yung, yung times when I defer to the team, syempre, meron naman mga maayos, no? Pero yeah. there are times na, when I just don't feel interested to weigh in, na parang, bakala na kayo dan. <laughs> I, I just feel that it's so incon- inconsequential and you can decide on your own about this. Or yon. Tapos only to find out na afterwards, biglang I will have to comment kasi uh, yon, hindi kasi ako nag-decide or hindi oh, ako no. yeah, yeah, yeah. discussion Tapos parang eventually nag-fail or meron pala akong nakita. Bakit ganito yung itsura na ito? And yon. Simula pa lang pwedeng nagbigay na ako ng feedback. Katamaran, kumbaga. Yeah, basically. And what a way to let your team down, no? Now, they work so hard, but because you didn't lean into the decision, their hard work gets wasted. <laughs> Suck it. I can ano, relate then to Jello. Uh, your personality ko nga, na hindi rin ako masyado nag-speak up. Sometimes I just don't say anything. Um, especially pag, yun nga, I feel it's not such a big deal. Yeah. Hindi naman, okay lang. Pangalan lang naman to. Title lang naman ng series. Or whatever. Parang ganun. And then, parang suddenly, yun nga, when you, pag may lumabas na, na title or what, tas, you, you find yourself, parang, bakit ito? Ba't ito yung lumabas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parang, you didn't, like, say anything about it. Parang, and I mean, may, may tendency to do that. And sometimes, yun nga, dahil ganun, parang, I have to, nag-a-assess na ako ngayon, actually, while we're, we're speaking. What are the several reasons why I don't like sometimes making decisions? And I think number one is, yun nga, I don't want accountability. I don't, wow. like, what, wow, I just don't good. want to be the one blamed when something goes wrong. <laughs> It's a self-image problem. So, yeah, yeah. the great thing about our ministry naman is we're very um, forgiving. Siyempre, wag lang naman about money. <laughs> so, but we're very forgiving. We're very empowering. And But I realize that's my primary reason why I don't like making decisions. I just don't want to be accountable if something goes wrong which is a heart issue and you know, a pride issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, siguro parang over the years, as God has matured me as a campus coach, I used to, to speak out more because it helps you as well empower others. Eh? Actually, ang maganda because I see it in myself. I can see it then when I work with volunteers and students and they don't want to speak up. Sometimes you, and I talk to them, bakit ayaw magsalita? Especially when I ask students to lead certain events. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mo at the end of the day. Kaya pala ang tagal-tagal bago mag-design. Ang tagal-tagal before actions are made. Because this person was just so afraid to rock yeah. the boat. I put you there in a leadership position because I trust that you can make the decision. Yeah. So, I, I guess it's, it's good to see it in yourself so that you can really see it as well in the people you empower to lead. Wow, Chriselle, I love that. And I think you're really on to something when you say it's a heart decision. It's a heart issue talaga. And that's really where to unlock this tension or how to find the way through in this tension. Because, uh, you know, as you guys know, and I like the way they call it in family systems theory, they call it rationalization. And that is we're motivated by something as like that. I don't want to be blamed. I want to look good. But what we'll do is nobody will say that out loud because that's embarrassing. That just makes you sound insecure. Nobody wants to sound insecure even when we are being insecure or especially when we're being insecure. So what we'll do is we'll rationalize. 
will give another reason for why we're doing this. Pero yun naman, hindi naman yun yung nangyayari talaga sa puso natin. And it's the same thing with this, di ba? So, I've got here, uh, yun, some wrong reasons for getting consensus and wrong reasons for making solo decisions. And we might say that, that no, I'm only doing this because I want to get the team's input or I'm only doing this because I want to move faster. But it's good for us to check our hearts and evaluate ourselves and say, is that really the truth? Or is another motive producing this motion in me? Number one reason for wrong reason for getting consensus when it's already an excuse for inaction. When you're just really being lazy and not doing anything and uh, you just, I, sorry, eh, parang ganun. bureaucracy is one of the best examples of this. Um, you know, when you bring up an idea and, and you, can own, you, you can usually see this when you're the one who wants to bring about change and you're the one met with so much bureaucracy. Diva. Jello, uh, medyo very em- emphatic yata yung pag nod mo uh, I know you and I have walked through some of these together. <laughs> and this is a public podcast so we can't talk about all of it. But you know that feeling where you're just met with wall after wall of eh, paano si ganito? Anong sinabi ni ganyan? Hindi nito yung policy eh. Normally ganyan. Alam mo yun yung and you're not given a if you really want to get this forward go this way. You know, you're not given a direction like that. Eh. You're just given Reason after reason for not doing something. Uh, Pastor Steve calls that, that's where ideas go to die. Whenever there's an... an <laughs> you can also see this with people, with leaders, who when they are given a suggestion, they pass it to someone who's beyond them. Diba? So like, Jello, you have a suggestion to me. Sorry, Jello. Eh, that, that, okay, Pastor Gilbert, yan, eh, kay Pastor Steve. Yan. Yun na. That just means I'm willing to see your idea die. You know, because it really isn't that important to me. And maybe it's fine that way. It should be fine that way, diba? But sometimes, eh, nasa power mo na eh. Nasa responsibility mo na as a leader to do something about it. Wag mo nang ipasa, diba? Decisionan mo na ngayon pa lang. So number one, an excuse for inaction. Secondly, when it's from a desire to be liked or to please the members of the team. Na, you know what? They're not gonna be happy if I don't do this. I wanna make them happy. Making the people in your team happy is a secondary uh, leadership motive, I feel. Um, it helps if they're happy, but it, it's really messed up if that's your primary motive. And the third one is when one is afraid to be the unpopular leader, which is the, the flip side now of making them happy. When the right answer is obvious, is evident, but you're afraid to pull that trigger because you're afraid of how it will look to you. I feel like this happens most often with personnel decisions, with team decisions. Someone needs to be transferred. Someone needs to be corrected. Someone needs to be disciplined, but you don't want to be the one doing it. And so you delay, 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 all the while other people are suffering already uh, because of this. But hey, good for you. You're not unpopular. People like you, so supposedly. What I didn't realize when I did that before in my leadership, I had a person who really needed to be corrected and transferred out. But because I didn't want to be unpopular to that person, I delayed the decision, which allowed the person to get worse and worse, which was bad for that person and bad for the other people in the team. What was funny was when I finally did something about it, uh, maybe eight months later, people kept coming out of the woodwork for months and saying, Joe, thank you na ginawa mo yun. Akala ko kasi, gusto mo yung ginagawa niya kasi wala kang ginagawa. So it's only in your mind that you think you're avoiding unpopularity. You're actually making it worse by delaying unnecessary decision. Before we get to the wrong decisions for the solo one, any comments on this, the wrong decisions for getting consensus or any additions you want to add? Like you said, Chriselle, uh, some of this is a desire to avoid accountability <laughs> and that's really a heart issue. I think yun, one, one thing that you said is um, medyo sometimes yun nga, uh, yung inaction, yun, for nila na medyo lazy ka na rin mag-isip. Or especially when ang dami mong kailangan pag-isipan. So yeah. ang tendency mo, tingin mo empowering ka, kayo na mag-decide. But at the end of the day, it's just that you don't want to add it in to your, to your plate anymore. And I think sometimes obvious din yun. Um, pag ginagawa mo yun. Kasi minsan iniisip ko, ay, nagiging empowering ako. Pero pag na-assess ko sarili ko, 
It's just that I'm just maybe tired of thinking <laughs> or I just don't want to um, involve myself in that way. So I think yun yung isang wrong motive. Kasi parang if, if you want to be empowering, do it for the sake of doing it, not because you want to disguise what you're doing and as an excuse for um, getting, ano, um, not in action, as an excuse for inaction. Yeah. I agree with this uh, wrong reasons passage. And sobrang nakakalungkot kasi these things are actually damaging to people wow. um, within yeah. the team. And I think it's one of the most selfish things that a leader can do yeah. to, to preserve oneself, to preserve uh, or to protect one's own position yeah. or uh, self-image. Niya. Or para magkaroon lang ng, ano, ng false harmony. Subs- para yeah. ano, surface, how, how do you call that? Yung uh, surface level lang na, na harmony within the team. Yeah, yeah. In, in the end, it's it would just do more harm than good yeah. sa mga tao. like uh, when you when, when a leader doesn't allow uh, for example yun nga, when it's when it's an excuse for inaction tapos you turn to bureaucracy a leader can just say ah, no i think that's not a good idea because of this 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 just say pero, it yeah yeah diba? good say, point jello pero and that could be a learning experience then no a learning moment for for that person that the leader is leading. Pero because the leader is afraid to to confront the idea or mm-hmm. to to point out the the errors doon sa idea, yung tao would just feel disempowered doon yeah. sa experience and maybe in the in the future that person will uh, hesitate to give ideas or suggest yeah. anything. That's one of the most discouraging experiences to run into bureaucracy. And to push and to push and for it to go nowhere. And and no one person is responsible for keeping you from getting anywhere. It's just like, eh, lang. <laughs> Yeah. I like what you said, Jello, also about what a selfish reason. Because that's what I felt. So the correction issue I mentioned earlier, that's really what I realized. That God, I was not loving to that team member when I didn't correct her as she needed to be corrected. And so when I finally had to bring it, you know, after so many offenses had been accumulated by her and so much evidence against her, my opening line was, look, I'm sorry. This is, f- and I, I have a fault here too. I should have called you out months ago, but I didn't. And so you've gotten used to thinking that this is the right way to be, but it's not, you know, and, and I need you to stop now. And so I'm sorry that this is going to hurt because I haven't been there for you, protecting you and, and helping you make the right decision sooner. Um, it reminds me of Michael Scott. Yeah, since you brought up Michael Scott, uh, Jello, do you remember the episode where he had to fire someone? He had to mm-hmm. fire someone, and the whole day he's agonizing about who he has to fire. Um, and what he's agonizing over isn't what's the right decision for the company or for the person. What he's agonizing is over is who can I fire so that that person will still like me even after I've fired them. And so it's just the most painful episode because he just does it the worst possible way. That in the end, multiple staff in his office are offended with him. The one who eventually gets fired hates his guts. And uh, he has the nerve to ask the guy, do you still like me? You fired me in the most cowardly way, not even because of my performance. And now you want to know if I still like you? <laughs> and... Uh, you know how they have a cutaway, like a talking head, where he says, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I go hunting. One time I shot a deer and I, I wounded it. So it was in so much agony. I decided to put it out of its misery. And so you would think that he would do the, deci- the decisive thing and shoot the deer again to kill it. Right? And he goes, so I had to use a golf club. It took 45 minutes, you know, <laughs> to, to kill the deer. <laughs> and just the thought of... Because he doesn't want to do the decisive thing, he makes it worse and worse and much more painful. And I was just like, I, just, I was Michael Scott to this person, you know, these people's lives. And, and you know, I, I didn't do the right thing right away. So, <laughs> don't be Michael Scott. Yeah. Siguro, Pastor Joe, one more thing that I can add on sa wrong reasons uh, to go for consensus. Oh. It's when, when the leader doesn't want to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. So, yun nga, yung kanina mga sinasabi natin, when the leader doesn't want to to take the responsibility for a decision, so he has the team to cover for him. It's a team, it's a team decision and just, yeah. I just followed the will of the team. Yeah. You know, when you have a leader like that, who takes responsibility, it is fun to, to work for that person. You know, because you're like, okay, you're, you're going to get the crap, right? So, so you feel free to innovate, to experiment, to try, to fail. Because the, the leader is going to be like, yeah, I told you you could do that, okay? No, not your fault. You know, Pastor Rico Ricafort was like that when we worked with him. Um, when our first conference, our first campus conference ever in 2003, when it bombed, it was so bad. We, were just, we just had no skill in planning big events. We had no skill in... We were just horrible. The campus ministry was just terrible <laughs> planning big events. So it was over. And you just knew all the senior pastors and all the, like, the, the fathers and mothers of our movement were looking at us like, what in the world is, are you guys doing? Like This was terribly administrated. People went hungry at your banquets. You know, it was just bad. And Pastor Rico in our first meeting afterwards said, guys, my fault. My fault. I should have done better. He just took all the blame. He sat in front of so many angry leaders, <laughs> getting mad at him, and he didn't let us face any of it. And so afterwards, you're like, okay, we're going to do a better job in Baguio next year. And 2004 was much, much better. And it's because, you know, like, you're going to take the blow for me. So honestly, leaders, we think that failing could be the worst thing that could happen. It might actually be a great thing if you take responsibility. Uh, it could build your team up in the process. Yeah, I have listed here some right reasons naman for consensus. Oh, sige nga. Good, uh, good. Yeah. One is to empower the team to make decisions and to be confident with their decision. Yes, when, yes. Uh, when, I mean, don't when, tell them to decide and then you blame them for it afterwards. That's just cowardly. Yeah. <laughs> And assure them then. Yun nga, like I said kanina, sometimes the answer is right before the leader's eyes already. But when the leader always single-handedly decide on every matter, the team doesn't get empowered to decide. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Just a leader with many assistants. Yeah, so yeah. Instead of a leader raising leaders. Yeah. So, yun, to empower the team. Number uh, another one is to unify the team towards a certain goal. Yes, that's true too. When when team members discuss and they're able to weigh in. Yeah. Uh, and finally, young leader would decide na si get dito tayo. At least the team now gets even more united to accomplish a certain goal. And the last thing is to increase ownership and accountability among the team. When they feel like their ideas have been weighed in, carefully considered, and they had a voice in the discussion, whether or not uh, the leader decides uh, to agree or on their favor or not, at least they feel that they were valued. Yeah. It's an empowering exercise. Nice, nice. So to empower the team, to unify them, and to increase accountability and ownership. Yeah. Love it. I love it. I want to add then one thing that I see when you empower, get consensus, is that sometimes you discover people who have really great creativity out yeah. of the box. Yes. Na parang, but di ka nagsusunita, ang galing yeah. pa. <laughs> Tapos sometimes kasi they just, pag you, if, if you're the kind of leader who makes decisions, feeling nila they can't say anything. But when you get, ano, sobrang ma-amaze ma ka sa plethora of ideas. And especially when they look at things differently. So it's good. And kasi I'm sure in, in a team, no one, I'm sure the team doesn't think the same way lagi, di ba? So meron palang ganong gem na dahil binigyan mo ng opportunity to voice out, yun na pala yun. It's the thing that you need in order to get the ideas rolling. Yeah, and now you've brought up something that I've faced and I've heard people bring up before is people will say, eh, pag tinatanong ko naman sila, wala sila sinasabi. Alam mo yan, yung, yung ganong leadership problem. I, I do ask for the input, but they never say anything. And I've been guilty of that and I've thought that about my team. But for leaders here, we've got to acknowledge that if the, our team is responding that way, we haven't built up that culture yet. So it's not an excuse to continue railroading decisions, but it's a signal to us that 
these people don't have the confidence, the comfort level, or maybe I've just decided, you know, willy-nilly so much in the past, they think they're not allowed to, you know? So you need to build that even more. And one way or another, these people will actually speak their mind. Meron naman eh. It's impossible they don't have an opinion. And, and maybe not to you. They will speak their mind to someone else. Ooh, Kaya nagkakaroon diba ng nice. water cooler meeting because yeah, yeah. they feel like they their voice wasn't heard. Yeah. They will talk among themselves. But when we provide that atmosphere where they can freely express their dissent or their assent, uh, yon ma ma avoid yung mga extra meetings yeah cool so we've talked about wrong reasons for getting consensus deba it's the right reason to empower to unify to increase ownership but you don't want to do it as an excuse for inactivity or avoidance of taking responsibility or because you want to be liked and you don't want to be unpopular when it comes to making the decision on your own very often leaders can justify that for themselves also now i'm just trying to move fast but here are some wrong reasons that I've seen in my own life. And maybe you guys can, can add one wrong reason for making the decision on your own is when you don't trust your team. You don't want to bring it up to them because what do they know? <laughs> Honestly, you think, well, I don't like what they're both going to say, so I'm going to find another way of answering this. Another one is when you're impatient. And then thirdly is when you already know what they're going to want, but you're going to force your own way also, which is kind of connected to number one. And I've been guilty of all three of these. I've been guilty of working in teams where I really didn't trust them. I didn't think they had it in them to be a winning team. And so I railroaded so much. And to be honest, it didn't work. It didn't work out that well. Uh, I've also been guilty of being impatient. And uh, just like, look, guys, I'm sorry. We don't have time to talk about all of your feelings. I'm deciding now for the sake of, you know, forward motion. But it really wasn't a time-sensitive thing. It was just impatience on the part of Joe. And on the other hand, I've also been on the forcing my own way. In the 2009 story of, of uh, uh, whipping the campus ministry into shape. <laughs> what do you guys think about these uh, wrong decisions for solo decision-making? Wrong motives. I can definitely relate to being impatient. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to take time to flesh out own a good ideas. Sometimes at uh, note to self. Sometimes if it takes time, there there are things that are worth taking time over. Yeah. But I think one one to add the wrong excuse and I noticed it with myself when I was a young leader and sometimes especially with those nga, barang new leaders or new to the team is yung meron silang gustong patunayan Ooh, wow yeah yeah I, I they want the semblance I got this I've got yeah. my you so, wanna make your mark yeah they wanna make a mark and nga eh, parang um, it comes from a place of insecurity kasi parang hindi nila matanggap na Okay lang that it doesn't have you don't have to project yourself that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess it's something that sometimes we unknowingly do, especially when we're in a new environment or we're given this leadership position, we're pressured and we have to make good and we have to ano to have good results. And I've also worked or I've seen people naman na sobrang yabang naman. Kala nila talagang yung idea nila yung best. Like parang <laughs> Parang, and you know, we still sometimes we still have the tendency, especially if you have this idea. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. May idea ka na feeling mo ito talaga yon. The idea yes. that change campus ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you simply have to do it. So parang minsan yun yung mga thing ko na wrong reasons din na lumalabas that um, for us to not get consensus because we want to prove something to people. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so good, Chriselle. And I've, I've been guilty of that also. Relate ako dun sa pagiging impatient. That's <laughs> one of the downfalls of an INTJ relating to our previous episode. Okay. Dahil nga, diba? Judging and thinking yung main character traits. And in general, INTJ people are like, 
idiots. Diba? Parang gano'n. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Parang pet peeve ng mga INTJ yung uh, mga slow, gano'n. Parang slow. <laughs> Ba't hindi mo maintindihan? And really judgy. Like from a distance, you're like, this person's gonna be slow. I don't want to talk to you. Parang gano'n. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nung when I was still young, sobrang bata, I think I was a student or yeah, student pa yata ako neto. Somebody was, I, I was leading an organization. Tapos, somebody asked me a question. Kuli, uh, ano gagawin ko pagka ganito? Ano, about what to do during an event. So, parang, my response was, sorry sa mga nakikinig. My response was, could you please ask me intelligent questions next time? Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Kasi, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how that's how bad I was as an INTJ. Kasi nga, yun, that's, ganun ako ka-impatient sometimes. But marami naman nang binago yung grace ni Lord sa buhay ko. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Kaya dito sa area na to, ma, ano talaga, mas mababa yung patience ko kapag when I let my sinful inclinations take over. Yeah. Pero the tendency naman sometimes for me is, to be biased against myself. <laughs> because I know na ganon, I might come across as that nga na I'm controlling or I'm a control freak. I would let the team decide even if I can decide naman na doon sa pinag-uusapan or pinag-decisionan. Wow. I, I wanna... I, <laughs> that's so... That poor person, Lord, we pray for wherever that person is that they will recover. Friends ka, my friends. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> um, uh, let me go back to what, something you said, Chriselle, about the insecurity of younger leaders to want to make a mark. And so, therefore, every new decision needs to go back to them. And sometimes it's even an unnecessary decision. It reminds me of another leadership hero of mine, uh, not just Michael Scott, but another leadership hero of mine, and gosh, this is going to date me, okay? So you younger people, you might want to just Google this one or YouTube this one. It's Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun was a sitcom in the early 2000s. Ayan, Chriselle's giving her a thumbs up. And it's about aliens who are on Earth who are trying to figure out how to do life on Earth. And their high commander is John Lithgow. Uh, John Lithgow is one of my favorite actors because he's just so silly in that one. He's also the voice of Lord Farquaad in Shrek. He is Winston Churchill in The Crown. And he is the dad of Matthew McConaughey in uh, Interstellar. So, in that, in one of the episodes, I don't know if you remember this, Chriselle, the High Commander, Lord uh, uh, Dick Solomon, uh, John Lithgow, gets replaced by another person who looks exactly like him. And uh, so the the new commander is so insecure, and he's like, "There will be many changes around here, and they will." I'm going to whip this whole team into shape. And he's trying to figure out a way to make an example of a decision he's going to make that's going to have an impact. So he goes, for example, this. And he picks up a small flower vase from a table. This will go here. And he puts it a few feet away in another table. And that is only the beginning of the many changes that I will make. And it just struck me as so absurd that this guy is so insecure. Now, like where you place the flower vase, he wants to get credit for that. But I think to myself, and I thought, that's what I was doing. In 2009, when I wanted to, you know, like, you know, I wanted such a radical shift from the staff summits, you know, the wimpy, heartsy, God-focused, worshipy staff summits of before. No, it's going to be a Spartan, you know, parang staff summit. That's my insecurity, wanting to make my mark. And tip for young leaders, something my dad told me afterwards that I, you know, I wish I knew earlier, <laughs> but I've happily applied ever since is he said, whenever you have a leadership transition and you're coming in, now take this with a pinch of salt, okay? But let me say this. Let me see what he told me. Change as little as possible. Try to change as little as possible because your simple presence is enough of a change already for the rest of the team to get accustomed to. Now, of course, if you need to save the team, if you're bleeding money, if you're, if you're going to go out of business, if someone's like mauling people in the, in the conference room, sure, address that. But most of the time, it's not that urgent. Change as little as possible. Be someone who will let the change. Because, you know, when you come in for a transition, other people are like, what's going to happen? 
There's so much uncertainty, so much anxiety. So if you come in and you're gentle and you're kind and you're willing to listen and you change simply by being there and by beginning like soft disciplines, then, oh, okay. They become more at ease. So, yeah, I like that to yourself. I guess over and over again, as we, as we you know, wrap this up, it has to come from the right place. Eh? And for us as leaders, we need to know where we're coming from when we say, I want it this way, I want it that way. Why? Uh, in the book, The Leader's Journey, in chapter three, they talk about two leaders. One is the getting consensus type of leader. The other one is the railroading decisions kind of leader. But both of them in the, in the book are coming from a place of anxiety, unbelief, insecurity, and lack of faith in God, a place of sin. And so one person, because of their fear of pissing people off, keeps getting consensus, keeps getting consensus. And the team goes nowhere. The team collapses. He gets booted out. And he's like, how could I have gone wrong? I kept getting consensus. The other one, from a place of insecurity, from a place of anxiety, from a place of wanting to prove himself, keeps forcing through hard decisions. And the same thing happens. The team falls. People are burned out. They kick him out. And he says, how could this happen? I produced so much for the team. The reality is both of them, as they might look like opposites, but the fruit that they're, the root that they're coming from, the motive is the same. It's a place of insecurity. It's a place of lack of faith. It's a place that's not there to serve, but to be served. And that's why even though the manifestations are different, the results are the same. The results of the team is failing, people are falling apart, and they're not producing what they want to produce. So thank you guys for that, it, for helping us uh, identify what the uh, bad heart part <laughs> that we all have to wrestle with is. It's one ad. I just, uh, may na-remember lang ako, may remember. Naalala lang naman ako with those naman who are older leaders, like ourselves, I don't know. Um, sometimes <laughs> naman, when, I think it can show up both in getting consensus and making decisions on their own is that nagiging highly critical naman sila of younger ideas. Yeah. I, I, I honestly find myself there sometimes, especially working with students, na sometimes I think this way, uh, you weren't there when it started. Hindi mo alam gano'ng kahirap. I don't know if I read this or heard this somewhere. We have to be thankful that the current generation does not have to face the same hardships we did. Wow! Parang naisip ko, and it's something I have to remind myself because sometimes I feel and I judge younger campus missionaries or the younger generation that um, the, the, their way of thinking is really different. The decision-making, how they make decisions. And sometimes you're coming from the old ways of doing stuff. The, dapat ganito tayo. Dapat uh, leaders should be decisive. Ganun, ganun. Pero sometimes you have to, as someone who's older, I think what we bring to the table is wisdom. Maybe we can um, you know, share old ideas so that they can get ideas, but not to railroad or bulldoze them into thinking the same way you do. Yeah. The campus has changed. The campus has changed. And if we keep making decisions because we are you know, insecure, especially you know, the older we get and the, um, the younger the leaders become, I think it's very important that we know that you know, God has placed us in this position to lead them, not to make the decisions we would make, but to make the decisions that will benefit their generation. Yeah, yeah. To help them to, be, to know and discern what this generation needs and not necessarily push the way we did it. Yeah. Now. Wow. Excellent, Chriselle. I'll, I'll keep, I'll hold on to that statement. We have to be thankful that they don't have to face the same challenges. It's not something to even look down on them on, them on to be like, oh, you didn't have our problems. Booting up. <laughs> In fact, good job to you, older leader, that we don't have those problems, but... We've got other problems now, and thanks to your solving those problems, we can solve other ones. About Tamadusa getting consensus and making solo decisions, there's a place for both yeah. in an organization. A leader has to discern, carefully discern, and wisely discern. <laughs> That's why you're the when, leader. When, when to use which tactic yeah. during, during the life cycle of an organization and during the decision-making process. Uh, 
mahirap na mag-identify. I think it's difficult to split hairs on alin ba dito yung kailangan ng consensus, alin ba dito yung kailangan, ikaw na yung mag-decide. I think uh, there are things that only a leader can know uh, for certain, being the leader in that organization. That time, But the yeah. point is to to always, to, I think it's a matter of engineering the culture within the leadership team or the organization where people feel empowered and valued that they can speak their mind. But they also feel secure and confident that the leader will make the right decision. Yeah. Protect them. And kapag ka nakita nila that their leader is decisive, yet uh, the leader carefully weighed all the facts and listened to their opinion as well. Yeah. Sila parang ano lang, disregard. That's where the trust will shoot up. It yeah. will increase within the team and that's where the team will accomplish more. Yeah. Some tips for getting there uh, as we close. Number one, I think we need to allot the right amount of time for making decisions. This helps uh, with the impatience. This helps give more time for consensus. Um, there are a few times where you don't have time and you have to decide now. There's a fire. There's an emergency. There's a storm. We're going to do something now. That's fine. But if even other things that should be more routine that really should have known weeks ahead, months ahead are being rushed that way, then that's your fault as a leader. You have to pull back that timeline and be like, wait, I don't want to rush this. I've seen that in my own leadership a number of times where I'm like, wait, wait, why am I being rushed for this decision? And I'm forced into a substandard one. And so I make a mental note. Next time this decision comes along, I want this to be done earlier. You know, and so it's either in my calendar or it's with the team member who's going to trigger the decision. You got to bring this up earlier. You don't rush me with this. I don't like that because it's not good for all of us. A lot the right time for the decision. Number two, uh, figure out who, whose voices are most important for what decision. Not every decision needs everybody's voices. So as soon as you can be like, okay, I need these people, gather them. Or maybe not these people. And a great place to get to with your team is you can be honest with them about that. I love, for example, Hannah, who runs our staffing in ENC, where she's part of some of our most significant decisions, but she'll also be the first to excuse herself from decisions that are, don't concern her. So like hiring, firing of staff, transfer, so many huge decisions she's a part of. But then we'll get to like theme for staff summit. She'll be like, Job, I'm out. I have so much to do. Leave me alone. <laughs> she'll, she'll be the one to get out. And I love working with her for that. It's like the security and the leadership insight of this person to be like, I know what you need me in. I want to comment on that. And I know what you don't need me in. Leave me alone. I'm going to get out of this. You know, so who needs to be there? Third tip is, uh, no, so we give the amount, right amount of time, get the right people in the room. Thirdly, get better at framing the decision. What are the stakes? What are the pros and cons? Uh, um, why is this urgent? You know, what, what happens if we get this right? What happens if we get this wrong? What are the extremes? What options are we removing? And I've found that's helped me a lot, both in getting consensus or in deciding on my own. When I frame the decision, my team can be like, oh yeah, that you do have to decide that on your own. We get it, okay? This isn't for all of us to decide. Or when you frame it and you give it to them, you don't see them meandering into different directions, you know, like they, they, they just get lost. They're like, okay, this is what we're called to decide on. So we're going to decide on this together. And sometimes they'll stumble onto another topic that needs to be brought up and you can tell them, okay, we'll discuss that another time or that's for a different meeting and we'll write it down somewhere to make sure we get to it. But I need you to stay on point and discuss this decision together. So there, a, a, a lot, the right amount of time, Find the right people for the decision and then frame it. Uh, that'll help us get to the right decision. Any thoughts, Jello? Good. Okay. Chriselle? Great, Pastor Joe. I'm going to Okay. Especially a lot, the right amount of time. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's been one of my biggest I know, uh, learnings. Nah. I'm like, oh, they don't come up with the right decision. It's like, I rushed it. I should have given them way more time. I should have prepared for this ahead of time. And then they actually come up with better ones. And you're like, okay. There are times that you make that mistake and you have to own it. Your team's about to make a really bad decision, but you own it and you say, guys, 
you're about to make a bad decision, but it's not your fault. It's because I gave it to you late. So let's just do the best we can with this event. Let's just do the best we can at this season, but we'll do better next time. And I'm sorry. So I've had that naman with my team. So they, they go, they do their best. Sometimes it works out even better than we expected. I wonder if you guys can go back and, and go to different staff summits and be like, ah, that one must have been rushed. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Uh, hopefully for all of you there that uh, you're, 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 this will help you in making decisions with your team. Um, yeah, and that's why you want to talk to people about it. That's why you want to have friends or, or, or mentors uh, to talk to, to bounce off. But most of all, we need the Holy Spirit to shine a light into our hearts to be like, hey, this is why, this is where this is coming from. It's not coming from some leadership book. It's coming from insecurity or it's coming from impatience. And when we repent of that sin and we allow God to minister His grace to us, we can make the right calls as leaders. Well, that's it for this tension series. We're going to have another one next week. I'm so excited for that tension. We're going to talk about uh, the tension between uh, innovation and tradition. Uh, when is it good to innovate? When is it good to follow tradition? When should we always innovate? Should we always follow tradition? Obviously, those extremes are not going to be the case. But how do we choose? Well, I'm excited for that. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can find me on at Campus Joe at Instagram. And if you want to see the show notes for this episode and other episodes of ENC Leaders, you can find them on encleaders.ph. God bless you. Happy New Year.